comes the bride with a knife that's one inch wide. Where is the groom dead in the dressing room? Stabbed in the heart because death do us part. Hello and welcome to Death Do Us Part. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And we said it right this time. Oh, we did. Amazing. <laughs> Two it weeks is off. amazing. Good to go. I was just going to say, it's amazing what a little break and an actual night of sleep can do for you. Yes, that's true. Yes, yeah, so last time we were going to record, and then you had to work until 11 o'clock, and I had already been up for 20 hours. Yeah. So we called it a week early, <laughs> and now we are recording. Good times. Yeah, I worked until like 11.45 for five nights in a row, and I was very tired. And Wait. then you were like, are we recording? And I was like, honestly, no, I can't stay up any later than I have. And then that night, I have stayed up until 12.30 working. It's amazing how that works. That is rough. You know what you should so, do? You should drugs. smoke two joints in the morning, smoke two joints at night, smoke two joints when you watch Murder Docs, because <laughs> everything's all right. It's my favorite. It's my favorite drug song. Have you heard? I've it? literally never heard that song in my life. Well, you I should you because it's way better it when I'm not trying to sing it in uh, a reggae uh, style. I need yes. some steel drums. I maybe if I heard it by the actual person, I'd recognize it. But your rendition has brought nothing to my memory. Oh, uh, I really hope if you do hear it, you're not like, oh yeah, I've heard that like a hundred times. You were just so bad, I didn't recognize it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, we were going to record this around four twenty. Um, of course, that's why we chose drugs as our our topic. Um, I mean, naturally. Well, it's four twenty nine. I feel like that's not that bad. No, I'm sure the people who celebrated four twenty are, are still celebrating today, or at least uh, all day, every out. day. Yeah, well, I don't really it's have true any... because by the time this comes out, it'll be almost be Cinco de Mayo, and that's also like a party day. So we're just smack in between two party days. That's true. Maybe we, could, maybe we should do drinking. I don't think we've done drinking. We could do drinking next time. Uh, didn't we do that for St. Patrick's Day, kind of? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was not that long ago, and it's already left my memory. My short-term memory is about zero. I remember nothing from 2020. It's just one giant, like, same thing happened forever. 2020 is a lot like the show, the, the news program 2020, where like you sit there and it happens to you. And then after you're done, you're like, oh, that was kind of long and boring, but also went by really fast. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's because it's monotonous. So then it all kind of blends together. And then you're like, wait, that was a whole entire year. God, sure was. But do you even have a drug complaint? I really don't. Um, I, I mean, I think I may have said it before, but my, my only real pet peeve is that Kelly won't drink much ever. Like she'll have a drink, but she doesn't drink enough to be like sauced up just, just because like the rest of us are and she doesn't want to give into peer pressure. I don't know what it is, but you know, I respect her for it, but also she likes when I drink enough that I start juggling and singing songs. So I feel like turnabout's fair play in that. You know what I mean? Well, you might get that um, 
pretty soon when we go to Arrowhead because the only thing she's been tagging me in is things drink. <laughs> we will see. Promises, and my promises. mom, my mom made some comment where she was like, "What are you guys gonna do up there? Just drink the whole time?" And I was like, "One, yup, we're in a cabin with literally like most of our family, extended included. There's GGs, there's aunt and uncles up there. So yeah, two, you can't really go anywhere and do anything. So so yeah, three, if I bring two bottles of wine and there are ten adults." two of whom won't drink it. So let's say there's eight adults. It's like everybody gets a glass and boom, you're done. That's Yeah, that's not enough. No. So anyways, um, my pet peeve is a very specific story. Uh, it also has to do with drinking though. Um, we don't, I don't really have any other like drug problems um, in my life that I know of. Um, but one time when our first son, the OG was really little, um, I want to say he was like four months old. We had a wedding to go to. Mm -hmm. Um, so we went to this wedding, he came to the wedding. So then pretty like early, like after dinner or whatever, it was going to be like seven o'clock. I was like, Oh, I'm going to go and take him home and put him to bed. And my husband was like, bah! and I was like, that's fine. You can stay, um, <laughs> with and then one of his other friends was going to bring him home. Uh, so he gets home at like one o'clock in the morning. Oof. White boy wasted. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? He was wearing like these nice, like cream, like a level up from khaki, like cream kind of um, like dress pants. And so the next morning I go to pick them up off the ground because they're obviously on the floor and there's something brown all over the butt of them. And I was like, oh my goodness, he got so drunk at this wedding and then he shit his <laughs> pants in front of everyone. Like, what am I going to do? No, not that bad, but it's not really that much better. Apparently he sat on a piece of cake. <laughs> it was like all over the back of his pants and he didn't even like notice or know or anything. And he was just walking around with like a giant brown stain on his bottom sitting on a piece of cake. Oh Lord. Uh, so yeah. And then I was like, one, you can't pretend that you're not going to drink and then stay out all night and drink without ever texting me back when I go home with our like four month old baby ever again Two, please go wash your pants just burn them and he's he's never done it since also we don't get invited anywhere anymore because pandemic but um before that he hadn't done it since he'd gone out a couple times and he came home at like a much more reasonable hour he's just getting too and old not white boy wasted you'll have to give that be surprised though some other time uh it's because he's like a over six foot very pale human man and he was really drunk and that's what white boy wasted is it's when somebody says oh my goodness you're way too drunk and you go like oh my god no and then you're like yeah bro is that how it goes yes that's exactly how it goes all right well i have not been there that's good i haven't been that low Next time we see each other and we're all together, I'll be like, Jeremy, have you ever been sat on a piece of chocolate cake drunk? 
and look at each other knowing eyes and then nick will try and stab me his his uh, face will just uh get all red <laughs> oh that's pretty funny well we raise our glasses to our patron jimmy fuquay at the jimmy fuquay on instagram you can find us at death to his part podcast.com where rarely anything is ever updated at DDP Castle on Instagram, where we have the best Instagram. Uh, of course, you can find us on Facebook at DDP Cast, where we're getting a whole bunch of followers now because they like our content. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, killing uh, it on the Facebook game. And I'm drinking tonight a truly hard seltzer. That's what it's called, with a hint yeah, of mango. Yeah, it's the brand, truly. Uh, how do you like those? I mean, when they say a hint of mango, they, they really just mean a hint. It's... Did you know they don't actually put mango in it? They just slap the side of the can with mango and hope that some goes in. <laughs> they just they just gently and slowly rub mango on the exterior of the can. <laughs> so when you All go the to condensation. take a sip, you can breathe in mango Drips. essence. Um, so we're actually fighting because I'm drinking a Bud Light seltzer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's lemon lime. I like these. They're much more hit you in the face with some flavor. Like it's definitely got some lemon lime in there. It's not, it's not like the LaCroix of drinks. Um, What percentage of alcohol is yours? This here is just 5%. Mine is also 5%. I say just 5%, but I think that's pretty average. Yeah. It's not bad. I was thinking maybe the Bud Light one would. One time I watched a video where somebody drank a whole bunch of them and rated them, and they rated the Bud Light ones the highest. And I was like, bitch, you tripping. So then I tried it, and actually I like the Bud Light ones pretty <laughs> much the best. <laughs> she was, in fact, not tripping. Not tripping. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to have a glass of whiskey, and I was just too goddamn hot. So I decided to have a, a cool drink, and I'm almost out of beer, so I didn't want to drink my last beer. I need to brew some more beer. Uh, that's Nick got um, a uh, what is it? A whiskey tasting thing? Oh yeah, he told me about that. Uh, and uh, I can't drink it though because he's not here. He's tasted two of them. I tasted the first one. It tasted like dirt mm-hmm. sounds like and, a, that sounds like a good whiskey uh this next one he said was way better but i wasn't feeling good so i didn't have any so he has one left and then he has a bottle that he hasn't opened because apparently he can only open it in the presence of you and most definitely my dad because the only reason he has this stupid thing is because my father funded it oh right he bought bought some old piece of shit from him he bought his golf clubs because they always use his golf clubs yeah when, i said what i said um, Okay, the, the only reason my dad bought them, one, he said he almost got Jerry to buy them, but then he said that he lost his putter somehow, um, Okay. and he needs a new putter, and he liked Nick's, and he would use it when he borrowed them, and Nick only sold him his whole entire set for $45, and I was like, well, that's probably a good deal for just a stupid putter, because I'm sure Nick spent more than that oh, on yeah, his and, putter. and a new golf bag. And, yeah, you know, all and the a bag and all and the like that's, that's great cover sure. sock things. Sure. It's because my stupid ass was like, well, you can buy it if you sell enough things to get at least half of the money for it. And he was like, <laughs> I'm going to sell my golf clubs and I'm going to sell them to your dad. And I already did it and I already bought it. The fuck? It took five seconds. <laughs> Man, doesn't it matter? Isn't it amazing what motivation can do 
for a man? That's stupid. Well, let's get into to some murders instead of okay. some Craigslist um, golf club sales. Uh, I, I went through two murder, murders, and I wrote them, and then I, um, I grayed them out, and I found a better one. <laughs> That's what I did in my two, uh, two weeks to develop this I was one. wondering what all the stuff going on there was. Yeah, don't look at my side of the notes. Shh. Don't, don't criticize all of the shit that I have there. Anyway, the other two were just too short and, and, and kind of boring. So I went with this one story. Um, it's really a conflict about a drug exchange in Iowa. Um, this was just in court, uh, I think a month ago, but it took place back in 2014. <clears throat> so this story is from the perspective of Daniel Bush, who found herself uh, at the center of a dispute between her ex-boyfriend, Matthew Robbins, who thought his drug dealer, James Boer, was cutting his meth with bath salts, which sounds like an awful idea to mix meth with bath salts. Okay, isn't bath salts what, like, the guy in Florida was on when he, like, ate a person? Yes, and that's actually one of the other stories that I found, where um, a wife was trying to kill her child, and her husband had to um, take him away, and so she strangled the dog. Oh, yeah, she was also naked, running around the parking lot of their apartment complex the whole time. That's what bath salts can do. So, yes, her ex... Boyfriend Matthew was upset and he was getting charged the same price, but he felt like his meth was being cut. Um, and I mean, if you, you know, you, you want a product, you want quality product, right? Like you want breaking bad level good if you're going to go for the bad stuff. I mean, that's just my opinion. So Matthew wanted Danielle to help get James, the drug dealer, alone so he could do something about it, in his words. As you do. As you do. And his uh, friend or associate, William Yancey, uh, wanted Danielle to have sex with James to get him in the farmhouse on Matthew's property, which is, you know, just a regular request of your friend, your friend's ex-girlfriend. Now, uh, this person, William, he had made Danielle have sex with people before in exchange for meth. So clearly she was mixed up in this and not in a great position in her life. Um to be trading sex for drugs and to be yeah. used and abused by other people. So uh, she didn't want to do it. And William attacked her until she agreed to lure James, uh, the drug dealer into their farmhouse uh, with, with sex. Right. So um, now Danielle was told the plan was to meet the drug dealer on the road before he got to the farmhouse and they were going to rob him of his meth. But what actually happened when these druggies make plans um, is that she texted James. He met her at the farmhouse instead, and they got high while they waited for Matthew to return. I'm not sure how they got to the point of, I'm going to meet you on the side of the road, and then these guys are supposed to ambush him too. I'm just going to text him and tell him to come over, guys. Like, this is stupid. Why are we making this complicated? Uh-huh. So the one, then the other guy, her ex-boyfriend Matthew, was late, and so they just got high. And so now this drug dealer is high and probably uh, mildly incapacitated, or at least not as functional as he normally might be, um, which which really is just as an effective a plan as to ambush him on the side of the road, which actually sounds pretty stupid. So Matthew finally got home. He was pissed. He had his sawed-off shotgun, and they described this sawed-off shotgun as um, so sawed-off that he could fit it in his tube sock. 
like while he was walking around. So it's mostly just like a handle and a two inch barrel. I'm not sure what it looked like. Ha. Huh. Um, it sounds reckless. It sounds a little, well, yeah. I, I mean, you, he's living the meth life. So he's, he's a reckless individual. Well, D- Danielle ran into the kitchen when Matthew started yelling with his sawed off shotgun out. Uh, James, the drug dealer, uh, yelled and Matthew hit him. Uh, she heard them fighting and then a gun went off. Um, so she's hiding in the kitchen and this William guy comes around the corner into the kitchen, uh, where Daniel was kind of hiding, um, cowering or trying to protect herself really. Um, and he says, we got him good is all he tells her. Now she was there the whole time, but she was trying to, um, stay removed um, she saw the two boys remove a bloodied couch from the farmhouse. Blood was on the walls, carpet, everywhere. The two boys burned the, the fire pit all night long, she said, which uh, disposed of the sofa. She heard Matthew crying, saying, oh, JB, which would be James Boer. Um, mm-hmm. She saw his shadow. I'm not sure where she was at the time. Um, chopping something up with a hatchet. Something like you'd see in a horror movie, right? You don't see the individual, but you just see a... Right, you just see the outline. Exactly. And then they dragged out large garbage bags um, out back, and they left blood streaks across the floor out of the house. That sounds like overkill. Yeah, and then they told Danielle to keep the fire pit burning all night. Uh, She went outside to check on the fire pit where she saw a dog that was sniffing a bloody eyeball on the ground what so she's been through an ordeal i would say if somebody if somebody shot someone like their eyeball shouldn't be rolling around separately well that's because they chopped them up so they can burn it's it's pretty bad and the fact that you have a burn pit outside of your house like that's something you have yeah, let's just put it in the burn pit. I mean, that's pretty suspicious. So James' family said they didn't know that he was selling meth, but they did know he had an addiction. So maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, even so, he wouldn't just disappear without telling his family because no one knew what had happened to him um, except for Danielle and uh, William and uh, James, right? So right. That, those are the only people who uh, – I'm sorry, and Matthew – um, no one, no one knew what happened to James, the drug dealer. Um, and so they were like, no, he wouldn't just disappear, even though he was a drug addict. Right. They, he they, at least was like one that checked in with his family. Right. Right. And so they, they had filed a missing persons report in 2014 before this ca- case went to trial, um, many years later, cause it was just like a month ago. And they eventually declared him legally dead, even though no body had been recovered. Mm-hmm. Just because of time. Right. Um, it turns out that Matthew and William ended up being charged. Uh, Matthew had a, a lot of charges about robbery and using, carrying, and brandishing a firearm during a crime of violence resulting in a murder. Um, it wasn't That's just like... so specific. Yeah, it was a very specific charge. Um, I guess there's a lot of uh, meth in that part of Iowa. Uh, Danielle pleaded guilty in 2020 to one count of conspiracy to commit robbery affecting interstate commerce and using, carrying, and brandishing a firearm during a crime of violence resulting in a murder, which I thought was interesting that she pled guilty to that. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, she said she pled guilty because she was hoping for a reduced sentence, but no one had ever promised her a reduced sentence for pleading guilty. It wasn't like she cut a deal. Yeah. Uh, She could end up getting 20 years in jail, just like Matthew, and she testified honestly in hopes that she would get that sentence reduced. But I, I I don't get it because if her story is true, she was used, abused, and coerced into getting James there so that the other two people could kill him. And yes, maybe she was a drug addict as well, and that was influencing her uh, poor decision-making, but it's it's terrible because, she, I mean, she was, uh, if her story is true, she was as much of a victim as anyone else in that um in I that think sort of when you stop, like, afterwards, she didn't tell anybody about it, and she more, like, helped them cover it up. And I think that's when you get into, like, not being so much. Like, I understand from, like, like she was still, like, coerced and, you know, abused and everything and put in that situation. But, like, afterwards when she was like, you guys didn't rob him, you murdered him, she helped them clean it up and she didn't, like, report them or tell anyone or do anything about it. Well, I mean, to the point when, sure. like, uh, yeah, they it, it basically five, declared like him years. legally dead because he was missing, you know, so... Right, right. It had been like five years and she hadn't come forward to say anything. And maybe that's why she got the charge. But I mean, yeah. couldn't couldn't she say, and, and it, it very likely is the truth, she was afraid of getting killed. I mean, she just saw right. somebody or heard someone get shot by a shotgun, dismantled um, and chopped up and burned. Um, like, I, I wouldn't want to be the rat to, to tell on those, those people in the event they didn't get convicted. So I don't know. Touche. I, I mean, I, I would what, be like, I will tell you if you put me in witness protection. But also, I've never been in that situation. So I totally understand that she could be like, this is going to happen to me too, and I can't do anything, and like paralyzed with fear. Yeah, I just don't know what point like survival comes into play. Right. It's like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I was not the one with the gun. He told me to do these things, and I was. A, he, he had already abused me more than once before. I was afraid of what he might do. Right. I, mean, I think it's a real... A real thing. But I, I, at the end of the day, if you're involved with meth, it's going to end poorly. It, it's just an inevitability. It's just what's going to happen. Yeah. Meth has never, there's never been a story that started off that was like, I did some meth and then, and then it like turns into this like beautiful story of like happiness and like no. light. Yeah. Never has happened. No crazy okay well my story is less intensely bloody but probably sadder i would have to say all right let's see what you got this is uh james aka jim capello he was a well-known and respected private investigator um until he was reported missing from his home in alabama in september of 2018 um September 19th at um, night, he spoke to his sister Jamie on the phone for the last time. He'd been mentioning often recently that he just wasn't feeling well, and he kind of seemed to take like a turn for the worse. Um, So then the next day, uh, his sister Jamie called to check in on him, um, and she didn't get him. So she talked to his wife, Nikki, who said he was sick, and he'd been feeling like really cold, like getting the chills the previous night before, and he just wasn't doing well. Um, his sister tried to call his his phone a couple more times, but he never answered. Mm-hmm. Then on September 21st, 2018, his wife, Nikki Capello, reported him missing after co-workers um, 
at his job was saying that he didn't show up for work. So later that same day, the police then showed up to search Nikki and Jim's house to see if there's any clues since she, you know, reported him missing. Um, and they saw Jim's car was in the driveway at the house. Mm -hmm. Um, Nikki also then refused to let them search their garage, and the police was like, that's weird. Um, so they showed up the <laughs> next day with a search warrant, and they recovered the body of Jim in the garage. Big surprise. So uh, they came to find out that Jim had been using his skills as a private investigator to actually investigate his own wife. Um, he was amassing evidence of Nikki's um, addiction to painkillers, which she was thought to have been stealing from a local hospital where she was a nurse. Oh, shit. Um, he knew she had an out-of-control pill problem, um, so he started investigating her. He was looking through her bags, finding pills. He had a GPS on her. Um, and it wasn't even that he was planning, like they had one daughter who was four at the time and he wasn't even planning to like file for divorce and use all this evidence to like take, you know, um, yeah, like, get, their like, daughter like away from her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he wasn't planning to like steal his daughter and be like, this is why I get sole custody. Um, he just wanted to um, stage like kind of an intervention and be like you can't talk your way out of it like we i have proof that this is what's going on and he actually had reached out to members of her family and was asking them for assistance like in helping him wow. with this intervention but he never got the chance like he would he had like called them and said stuff like please i just want to help her i need your help to like make her face the reality of her situation and you know stop so really he was first, first, um stopped stealing pills from work because that's that's a felony yeah. or that's you know against the law and then secondly you know don't have a addiction to painkillers so really he was just standing by his wife in spite of this problem she was going through he was just yeah. trying to help and he was trying to help her and i feel like he probably was like if i just say like oh i think you have a pill addiction she's gonna be like no i don't you're crazy so he wanted to like amass proof of it right um, however, Nikki, I guess, probably just assumed that he was just planning to go um, through with a divorce and steal her daughter um, because she allegedly slowly poisoned him over time using insulin that she also was stealing from her job. Mm. Um, so on the day that they discovered his body, they also discovered a partially dug hole in their backyard. And then the investigator for the case um, also said in court that Nikki had told a friend of hers that she killed her husband and she asked for help um, of disposing his body. And her friend then called the authorities and was like, she told me this, which good for her. Yeah, good for her. Um, she didn't really think this through at all. I mean, she, no. she just kind of, I mean, the insulin is, is a, pretty big forethought and it's almost like a benign poisoning because insulin's used to help so many people um but she had like yeah. a partially dug where hole she, went, she was like oh yeah maybe she we should get rid of this was thing. where she like reported him missing but like then wouldn't let the police search her property and wasn't like letting them look for clues because she hadn't hidden the body or anything and then, like, did it halfway? Like, did she dig part of a hole and then be like, you know, I'm tired. I could probably finish this tomorrow. Like, you can't do that in murder. There is no, I'll finish this tomorrow. Like, you, you cannot do it procrastinate. No. 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 You cannot procrastinate. You can procrastinate murdering someone. Do that forever. Just a but little disclaimer. After, this is not a motivational podcast for murderers. Right. That's do what procrastinate. I'm saying. Get yourselves caught. It's fine. Oh. 
I was saying procrastinate the murder and then just never do it. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's probably the best solution. So um, Nikki was arrested for murder, um, but actually two days later, she was able to pay the $135,000 bond so she could be let out of jail while awaiting her trial. Wow. Her trial was supposed to start March 9th of 2019. Um, however, her attorney um, kept pushing it back and like getting continuances um, from the court. And I couldn't figure out why they kept allowing that, but they let it happen multiple times until COVID hit. And so then they um, haven't been able to go back to courts. I think the courts opened February of 2021, but now there's such a backlog of like people who are in jail cases and stuff mm -hmm. that they have to get through first that like maybe by the end of 2021, they'll actually bring this case to trial. Um, so she's just been walking around free this whole entire time living in the same home that she used to share with her husband and daughter while she awaits trial. So and then weird. if she's found guilty, she could be sentenced to life. And I but bet she's you, just chilling at home. I bet you when she goes out, she didn't even wear a fucking mask. No, she's definitely, well, Alabama, she's definitely a non-masker. Hey, hey, for all of our Alabama viewers out there. I know, I'm sorry. We love you too. But yeah, I get um, it. But <laughs> so, um, because I guess in the state of Alabama, if you're going to file a wrongful death suit, you have to do it within two years of like the death. So even though the- um, Arbitrary timestamp on- on that yeah i think it's i think it's weird but i guess they're like you can't sit on it forever but like two years seems short especially in this case so even though the trial like the criminal trial hasn't gone through the family of jim capello particularly his sister um have gone ahead and they started recently a wrongful death suit against nikki but also against the hospital that nikki was working at because Basically, what they're saying is that the hospital wasn't doing a good enough job of like regulating or watching over one, the painkillers and medication, but then also the insulin that she stole that then allowed her to murder Jim. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so the she, hospital should also be culpable for the fact that she could kill him because she was I mean, just stealing stuff left and right. She, yeah, she should have been fired a long time ago, really. Right. Um, so then if they do win that case or however much money they win in that case, that money would go to his um, daughter who's now six. Um, okay. And yeah, in case okay. you're wondering, his daughter is currently living with his sister, um, Jim's sister, Jamie, uh, not with Nikki who's free because she's still, you know, potentially a murderer and was arrested for murder. So she shouldn't have her, you know, five-year-old, six-year-old running around. Um, and they plan to get permanent custody of her, but they have to wait until after the criminal trial is finished. And so that also is just another thing for this poor family, like that's just hanging in this balance because of COVID. And it's you always crazy. feel for the kids, but man, that sucks, right? I feel, I feel for the kid, definitely. But I also just feel so much like, uh, of the fact that she could pay her bond and now she's just walking around free even though she murdered her husband and it's all because of COVID. Like she literally yeah. just yeah, got, got a year extra free. Year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to 
keep an eye out. I want to see, you know, what happens when they finally get to this case. There's a Facebook page. I have now forgotten. It was like memories of Jim Capello or like, you know, remembering Mm -hmm. Jim Capello um, that his sister kind of like updates with like when they hear about like when the case is going to possibly go back into trial and stuff. So I'm following that on Facebook now so I can, you know, hear what happens. She also posts a lot of really cute pictures of his daughter, which just like made me definitely get a little teary-eyed when I was thinking about my own. Actually, I wasn't even thinking about my own children because they're too young and they're boys. I was thinking about your daughter and I was like, (laughs) so. Yep. No, that's, that's awful. And so young too. And it's not like, Oh, well maybe my mom is innocent. I mean, they found his body in the garage. There's like no, there's no way he's, uh, there's no way she's not guilty. And they found that it had been, like, originally they could have been like, oh, well, he was feeling sick and then he just died. But then they found out that it was insulin and he was poisoned and then connected it to the fact that, like, I guess there was some missing at the hospital that she worked at. Like, you know what I mean? There's, yeah, she's got definitely a lot of um, evidence that's stacked against her. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. But then she... She bought herself all this time. She started COVID just so she could have more time out of jail. Well, and people were like, why would she do that? And they're like, well, I guess like divorce wasn't an option for her. She thought he was going to divorce her. And she like, you know, was like, no, I don't want to get divorced. And I was like, but so she like, people always do this. They're like, I can't possibly get divorced. I'll just kill him and blow up everything. And then no one will have our kid. I just, dude, dude. Don't get it. Don't get the train of thought. I, yeah, it does not connect the dots for me. But speaking of that train of thought, now we can talk about our hypothetical murders. Yes. After saying that we don't get that thought, <laughs> we're going to go to that place. So I, I feel like we've used drugs for a lot of our hypothetical murders before. I know. I was thinking that too. I was like, I feel like we always are like, well, they're going to overdose on cocaine this week or, you know. How did you know that's what I was going to use? I picked that because I don't think we'd use that one before. Anyway. Oh, so. I don't know if we have. Actually, I think we probably, I, I know personally that I have used heroin before and I also used heroin this week. I just kept that heroin <laughs> train a chugging. You used heroin as... A vehicle for your hypothetical murder. You've not used heroin, especially not this week. <laughs> no, true. <laughs> you, okay. I'm going to take that sound bite. <laughs> yeah, I've used just heroin before, and I definitely used it this week. <laughs> I just kept that heroin train to come in. You're going to send that, and my job is going to be like, Laura, we, we, we don't want to you. you to. We don't want you to work here anymore. Just to make that perfectly clear. Uh, anyway, I was also thinking, like if for a hypothetical murder, if it was someone who's on drugs, because one of the um, stories I had found was a woman whose husband was a drug addict and regularly abused her, and she ended up pushing him down the stairs and killing him. She's on trial for murder, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Go, go for you, because he was abusing you, so fight back, but whatever. Yeah, I was going to say that's kind of, at what point does that become, like, um, self-defense, you know? Yeah, I think it's justified. But uh, it would almost be too easy to kill someone on drugs. You just wait till they're high, and then you can easily give them an overdose or lace it with something. You know, it's almost like too easy. But um, my wife doesn't do drugs, so thinking along the lines of uh, her habits, I plan to mix cocaine into Fun Dip. 
because she likes Ew. a good fun dip. Fun we... dip is so gross. Fun dip is basically kid drugs, first yeah. of all. Yeah, it, is it is sugar crack. It is so gross. Well, sometimes, very occasionally, we will get it from the dollar store. They have like these multi-packs of it. And she'll, you know, she likes a good fun dip. What can I say? I love my wife. She likes a fun dip. So oh I'm just going to put some cocaine in the fun dip of that stupid little sugar paddle that you lick and then scoop out the sugar dust. Oh, my God. Well, my uh, opinion of her is hope that her taste is so bad in candy to me right now. <laughs> I don't understand. Fun. That's worse than a baby bottle pop. No, no, it's not. It's not worse than a baby bottle pop because baby at least you don't look like, like a fucking moron while you're sucking on it. <laughs> like you're sucking baby on baby bottle pop is like at least the like top of the bottle part. It's kind of like uh <laughs> lollipop or whatever so you're getting a lollipop and then you're dipping a sugary lollipop into like more sugar concept stupid but like fun dip the stick thing that you're dipping in isn't even what is that it's, it's not just a great vehicle for putting powder into your mouth that's for sure. <laughs> it's not a spoon it's just a stick and like it's not a lollipop <laughs> i think it's just compressed dip like they just take the same stuff and they just smush it I didn't know. I, know I felt is. so strongly about Fun Dip. But I anyways. I didn't know what. We, well, even more reason. You can help. You can procure the cocaine through your back <laughs> channels I, of where you get your heroin. And then eBay. Uh, lace it into the Fun Dip powder. And she can just go to Fun Dip Town. It'll be great. What a way. Um, mine's basically semi-similar uh, because I also. With baby bottle hit- pops? <laughs> No, <laughs> I hid drugs and something of Nick's. Okay, do you remember, do you know about the Chicago Tylenol murders? I don't think so. At all? Okay, so it was a series of poisonings, uh, deaths that resulted from drug, drug tampering. It was like 1982. Uh, the victims had all taken Tylenol-branded um acetophetamine capsules, and they'd been laced with potassium cyanide. So, um, a total of seven people died. And then there were several more because there was like some copycat crimes afterwards. Um, but this was such a big deal at the time. It actually led to like the packaging that we have today with like the tamper proof seals inside the lids. Um, like, you know, when you open a new thing of like drugs or vitamins or whatever, there's like the plastic thing that's like sealed. And then it's like, don't use if this is not sealed. So this wasn't targeted like. I, I gave my wife and family. It was someone went into a specific store in the Chicago area and they basically just went to, or it might've been at the um, plant where they like, they never figured out who it was or wow. like what exactly they did, but either at the store or when they were making the Tylenol capsules, because they weren't like the hard pills that you have necessarily. Now they were more like the capsules and you put the powder in them. So there's someone out there um, who put random poisonous capsules in random bottles of Tylenol. Who knows? Because it hit the news that they killed a handful of people and was just like, I did that. Yep. And they never figured out who it was. was Uh, So so like they used to just have basically like it would have the pills in there that they made, the little capsules. And then there'd be like a cotton ball and then just like a lid. Not even a childproof lid, just a fucking twist top. 
Mm-hmm. But then after this happened was when they came out with all the standards for having the tamper-proof things so that you could see if somebody had gone in there and, like, opened the lid of the container right. and uh, messed with it. God, that so is my, so fucked up. Yeah. So my plan is to continue this real fucked up thing. Um, and so Nick and I, Nick especially, he takes a lot of vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um, so my plan was basically to lace his vitamins because uh, he doesn't take pills or do drugs. So I was like, ah, oh, this is great. I'll just lace the vitamins. He's popping vitamins, all like five. Yep. He's got a multivitamin. He's got glucosamine. He's Old got some man. vitamin D. Um Trying to think of what else. Uh, Old and man, take a look at my life. I <laughs> take too many pills. So, like the multivitamin and the glucosamine, you can't really do anything with those because those are like those hard, like smushed capsules yeah, yeah. things. And vitamin D is tiny, so you really can't do anything that with that. But we do take fish oil, and they're like these gel liquid capsules, and they're pretty big. Um, so basically my plan was to take some of those and like suck with like a hypodermic needle, suck out the actual fish oil mm-hmm. and then inject heroin. And then I'm just going to stop taking fish oil and be like, I don't need it anymore. You know, I'm not feeling it. Um, and instead Nick will just be taking heroin capsules what, every morning. Just like one to OD him. And then it's just like Russian roulette. You just shake the bottle up. And yep. s- at some point, and one, we, and the worst part is, is it's like a brand new Costco sized bottle. So I'll probably forget about it, and then it'd be like two years from now when we were finally like finishing that bottle, and I'd be like, "Oh God, I forgot I did that." Because that's that's somewhat devilishly brilliant, because by then any evidence would have been long gone. Yep. Hmm, that's scary. You're a scary person. I really, I started off when I wrote this, literally the first sentence of my hypothetical murder says, this is really horrible, but. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to do it anyway. This is really horrible, but I'm going to tell you. So, yeah. Uh, What is like the D.A.R.E. slogan? Like, stay in school and don't do drugs? Don't do drugs. I don't know. What does D.A.R.E. stand for? Dudes against... I think I think you nailed it. <laughs> I don't I do not remember what DARE stands for. DARE stands for what? Let's see. Drug abuse resistance education. So it's not dudes against resistance evidence? Nope, it's not that. <laughs> there you go. Whatever the dare. You know DARE like traumatized me. They sh- I remember they showed this movie when I was in like what grade did you do that? 4th grade, 5th grade? Yeah. They showed this movie and it was like this cartoon thing and there was these two kids and then this like Roger, not Roger, like Bugs Bunny-esque rabbit was like following them around and being like, I'm cool, let's be friends. And they were like, okay, bunny dude. And then he just turned to like manic and he was like, take this joint. And he got like really big and it was like his eyes got all weird and he was like, drugs. And like I had <laughs> nightmares about that. Hey, for, so like, it worked for you. No, I was just afraid of dare, not drugs. Oh, oh you were just, just a, dare. Well, when I searched what does dare stand for, people also asked, uh, why was dare a failure? <laughs> and uh, teens were simply too good at catching and dismissing clear exaggerations about the detrimental health effects of relatively harmless drugs like marijuana. 
And so people were like, this is, this is not real. This is stupid. Oh my goodness. I will send you a picture of the bunny because it's still creepy looking after all this time. And there's like, okay, he's apparently a drug dealer in a rabbit suit. He's terrifying. His friend is like a bee. <laughs> Anyways, this haunted my life for too long. Well, send it to me so I can have some weird nightmares. I just did. Oh, God. I, I, yeah, now that you sent it, I, I recall seeing that. Oh, my gosh. That's like an animated hypodermic needle. Yes. I'm gosh, that's so fucked up. Fourth grade Laura had so many nightmares about this. And it wasn't even like, I'm afraid to do drugs. It was like, I'm afraid to go to class because Dare's going to send me scary boobies. So... <laughs> Anyways, we're off topic. Um, it's drugs. While marriage is messy. Murder is messier. And, and dare is apparently terrifying and a failure. <laughs> I didn't know. Don't do drugs. 